Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's an event coming up soon called An Evening with Michael Savage, Life as a Conservative in San Francisco. Now, the event is actually being there is sold out, but you can watch it as a pay-per-view at michaelsavage.com, and we thought we'd talk to the man himself. Indeed, one of the unique voices in the history of radio um, whether you love him or hate him, you've got to uh, recognize that he is a brave man who doesn't particularly care whether you agree or not. And in spite of being one of the giants of talk radio, he has been unfailingly kind and generous to us throughout our careers. Michael Savage joins us now. Michael, how are you, sir? God, you have some way of delivering stuff. I'm humbled, man. You're the best. How do you do that? Oh, stop it. What an introduction that was. Holy God. I was raised <laughs> right. Try to be kind. I remember when you didn't didn't you appear on stage with me yep. years and years oh, and yeah. years ago? Yeah. A couple different times. Oh yeah. Yeah, you guys did a great job, and you're doing you're doing great now on KGO locally, right? And across the country, you're syndicated. You know, it's yep. going it's going pretty well. We we just keep grinding. That's all you can do. As you've probably thought at various times, the fact that I get to pay my house payment and feed my family by talking on the radio is a pretty awesome deal. <laughs> yep, it's a long it's a long haul. It's a very tough business in this polarized world we live in. Primarily because there's no freedom of speech. The uh, left wing has decided that they should control. Uh, literally all the airwaves, all the print medium, the universities are gone. And uh, if they don't like what you say, they try to shut you down. This is the problem of being, let us say, an independent in San Francisco or a liberal community. What, we don't have freedom? The First Amendment went out the window? When? Right, and I'm sure, because, and you know, this is one of a series of contrasts I want to bring up um, that, that really 
speak to your life and the shape it's taken. But you've lived in the very, very liberal Bay Area as a conservative man or independent man for a very long time. Have you seen the tone of the conversation change in those years and how? It's an interesting question. When I first arrived here in 1974, there were two newspapers and they were moderate B plus or B newspapers. They were pretty good. Well, one went, now all we have is a mimeograph sheet put out by Nancy Pelosi or Willie Brown. There is no newspaper in the city. There's no opposition, a position on anything. Libertarianism, gone. You know that Jerry Brown, compared to Governor Newsom, is, is almost conservative, what Newsom has done since he became governor. But there's no opposition permitted, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, it's changed dramatically. The meanness, the hostility, the hatred... The outright violence of the left is what um, has emerged, and it's leading to, I would say, very bad consequences for everyone. Well, it's pretty interesting. You look at some of the college campuses like Berkeley, for instance, you know, some of the, the some of the very homes of the free speech movement who will now no longer let anybody who's to the, you know, slightly to the right of Nancy Pelosi even show up at their campus. It's surprising to me that some of the old hippies that fought for free speech allow that to happen. Well, the old hippies are dead or have Alzheimer's disease or something like that. There are no old hippies anymore. Uh, there's a new generation, a new wave of intolerant people who call themselves liberals, but actually, if you analyze what they are, they are the fascists of our time under the disguise of liberalism. But let's stop fetching about it. What can we do about it other than stand up to them and you know, assert our own rights. It's as simple as that. They don't like what we have to say. I don't like what they have to say. That's what makes for, um, I guess, a democracy. It's called disagreement, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, speaking of, of disagreement and contrast and that sort of thing, we understand that you, you wrote on Air Force One with President oh, yeah. Trump recently, which had to be an amazing experience. Yeah. Why don't you tell us about that a little bit? Well, I'll tell you what I can. I mean, it was the, it was the zenith or pinnacle of my professional career. I was thrilled to be with the president on Air Force One. Just being on the plane alone was a goal of mine. I'm a, I'm a machinery guy, an equipment man. I love planes. I love cars. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I do like equipment engines, <laughs> Just the roar of the, of the engines alone. But let's say, yeah, okay. I was at a fundraiser for the president in Menlo Park, somewhere up in the hills in Palo Alto, let's say. And uh, he was going to be flying with his, with his, you know, his team, the whole flying White House down to L.A. that very afternoon to another fundraiser. And uh, I asked if I could go. They said, sure, you've got carte blanche. But it wasn't until a few minutes before they were leaving, actually. I was only told 20 minutes before that they could get me on the flight. This was not preplanned. Wow. So, I mean, let's say I have friends in high places. Let's put it that way. They got me on the plane unto itself. It was like walking. It was like Jonah and the whale. Okay, <laughs> let's put it that way. Jonah and the whale. You walk into the whale, and there's all these people doing things. Everyone's working so hard. They're not like talk show hosts. They actually do things to run the country, to run the departments of defense and whatnot, to make the plane run. They have to work, and they have to do it right. And it was amazing. So I did not know if I'd get to meet the boss. I certainly didn't push. I'm not a pushy guy, not much. But they knew I wanted to see him because I have been very critical of some of the president's positions for a long time. And I don't think he really likes people who disagree with him very much. 
he respects them, but he doesn't really, you know, want them around him. I mean, like any other leader, I don't think Obama really invited people around him unless they agreed with him. Uh, any great leader, any leader of any great nation, any leader of anything doesn't like criticism. I've never met one who did. Did you? No, they might claim they do, but it, it makes them bristle. You're right. Okay, so I didn't know if, if he'd want to see me. So I had a quick meal of some prosciutto and melon in, in the dining area or the boardroom. I guess that's not disclosing any secrets. And then I was uh, You're not a Russian asset, are you? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not yet. Not that I know of. I'm still waiting for my papers. Uh, uh, yeah. So then they said, okay. Well, first they gave me a tour. My, my host gave me a tour of the plane up and down, all the way up into the flight control center. It was amazing. I'll bet. No, that was pretty awesome. If you like flying and if you like planes, so sure. you know it's only a twenty thirty minute flight down to L.A. To where we went from Moffett Field, we were flying into LAX. Uh, anyway, it comes to yeah, okay, he's going to see you. Now let's see what I could disclose without violating protocol here. They bring me into the flying Oval Office. The people who hosted me sat on a sofa. The king waved his hand to the left. There's a chair next to his desk. Didn't even look at me. Put his Waved his hand to the left, meaning, sit there. <laughs> wow. Uh, he didn't say hello, Michael. He, he, he just said nothing. He pointed. I sat there. <laughs> he he was like the principal, right? You called into the principal's office. Right. Sit there, basically, with the hand. Then he said something, which I can't repeat. And um, I said, no, I disagree with you completely. And we had a little actual dispute. Truthfully, we, we did. Wow. Wow is right. Well, he's open to discussion. We wouldn't have had me there. Yeah, I suppose. Right. Right. Okay, so I need to make a long story short. So this is a short flight. Valet comes in with his lunch. He had just given a tremendous speech, uh, which were two hot dogs. I don't eat a lot of hot dogs, but when they're around me and I'm hungry, <laughs> he must have seen my eyes dart. At the hot dog. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like when you're hungry, your eyes will dart at a piece of food. You're like a wild animal. Of course. So he's so sensitive to people. He says, do you want one? I'm like, sure. All right. So he has the valet, signals valet, brings out dish. Valet spoons one onto my plate. The president, listen to this, show you how people don't understand this. He looks at me and he says, do you want mustard or ketchup, which was on his plate? <laughs> what? Now, yeah, the see, president he, of the United States is asking you yeah. if you want mustard or ketchup. That's what I'm trying to say. People don't understand this. You can tell more about a man by the small things than by the big things. Anyone can fake the big things. You can't fake the small things. He's actually a very generous, sensitive individual. You say, well, what the hell are you talking about? Mustard or ketchup? Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, mustard or ketchup. I said, I don't eat sugar. So he gave me the, the mustard off his plate. It was a great hot dog. Uh, I hear it was kosher. Now, that's a, a loaded statement. I was told afterwards it was a kosher hot dog. So I joked on my radio show yesterday that Trump served kosher hot dogs on the airplane, which shows that he's anti-Semitic. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's to cover up the fact that he's anti-Semitic. He gets kosher hot dogs. Right. Leak that to the Washington Post. <laughs> right. 
he, he uses kosher hot dogs to disguise his membership in the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> Michael Savage is on the line. An evening with Michael Savage will have uh, information on it. You can see it at Savage, uh, michaelsavage.com. Hey, listen, um, I was going to ask you about, you know, you've always been a proud and stubborn outsider. How do you resist the temptation to become an insider? But you just answer that. You sit on Air Force One and tell the president he's wrong. So we can move on from that topic to... Well, I didn't say you're wrong. Well, I did say you're wrong. I actually did say, no, you're wrong about something. Yeah, that's that's fair. Now that I think about it, that is my rhetoric, yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> hey, listen, in the time we have left, uh, I, Joe, especially, have I've stopped using the term the homeless, and I'm uh, using bums and junkies. Because thank the, you. The thank folk, you. They the, are bums and junkies, and there's a nicer word, which is called vagrants. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because the the folks who are down on their luck and trying hard and they got kids and blah, blah, blah. They're not causing any of these problems. The problems folks are talking about, especially in your progressive cities, are caused by bums and junkies. Reopen the mental hospitals. Reopen the mental hospitals. Build new hospitals. Build new mental hospitals. Get them off the streets. They're a disaster for our society. And let's be very, very clear. The violence has gotten out of control, whether it's in San Francisco or New York City pushing people onto railroad tracks, beating them up, hitting them with things. Even in San Francisco, you see these crazed bums walking around with golf clubs. This is not civil society. This is a breakdown of civil society brought about by uber-liberalism. Ultra-liberalism has destroyed our cities. Well, California has half the homeless population of the entire country and can't keep its electricity on, so that's not a good look. Well, if you were a bum who didn't work and you were a drug addict and you're collecting all of these wonderful benefits and you go around beating people up in the street and the cops can't arrest you, and you get all the benefits, and you got all these social workers getting on their hands and knees giving you a turkey sandwich uh, and asking how you feel today, Mr. Jones, wouldn't you come to California? Hell yeah, unless I went to Portland or Seattle. Oh, I'm sorry, right, but the weather's not quite as good this time of year. Right, and they're likewise choked with bums and junkies. These uh, are once the most beautiful cities in the country. Yep. Again, I say, let us say liberalism is a good idea for some. It has failed societies around the globe miserably. Well, all humanity needs balance in, in all things, in my opinion. And, and the politics of a lot of these cities have become completely unbalanced, and we've seen the results. An evening with Michael Savage, life as a conservative in San Francisco is sold out, but you can view it online at michaelsavage.com. I'm sure you can find it there. If not, we'll have a link at armstrongandgetty.com so you can find your way. Thank you for your time, Dr. Savage. I love you guys. I'd love to have you at an event next time, but you're too big for me now. Oh, stop it. <laughs> it's all, always a pleasure. Michael, best of the family and, and be well. Thanks, guys. Great hey, luck. You got it. Thanks. Good story about having a hot dog with the president. Wow. I, Air Force One quality hot dogs. You know, I, I don't know. If oh, any, that I should live so long. I don't know if anybody can get past politics anymore. There was a time when, you know, every sports team visited the White House no matter who it was. I would be thrilled to ride on Air Force One with the flipping president of the United States. I don't care who it is. Of course not. What of an course. unbelievable experience to have. I'd just be going around shaking door handles. What's behind this one? Yeah. Oh, just, yeah. And just the yeah. thought of... <laughs> That'd go well. Just the thought of the power that is on that plane and the technology, which would be the best in the world of everything. Well, yeah, it's funny. M- Michael, who, if you don't know, he's trained as a scientist and... The fact that he's fascinated by the machinery of it and the efficiency and the technology doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I would uh, once in my life love to see that. But then to sit, to, sit with whoever is the president, in this case Trump, 
and have a hot, well, you wouldn't have a hot dog with most presidents. <laughs> he has a big speech and he gets two hot dogs. You need some ketchup or mustard? Yeah. Here's some mustard. Fantastic. The clip we need is that was a good hot dog. It was a great hot dog or whatever. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's cool. What a great experience. So I didn't realize that. So he got on the plane. He didn't know if he was going to get to talk to the president just right on the plane. Or I didn't know he was going to get on the plane till right before the plane. Then it's all very walk this way. Oh, the flying Oval Office. Yeah. Oh, what a cool place to get to sit. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. I wish he could have told us what they were discussing. No pictures. Nothing leaves this room. Secret Service agent will tell you for the rest of your life to make sure that, uh, you know, holds. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, interesting story. Our text line, 415-295-KFTC, the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.